0: hotcakes, welcome to Hot Take, the podcast where we talk about the climate crisis and all the ways that we're talking and not talking about it. I'm Mariana hegler
1: And I'm Amy Westervelt. Today, we have a special episode with our friends over at The Coolest Show. We had a really interesting conversation with Rev Yearwood from the Mm -hmm. Hip Hop Caucus. Yeah, I could listen to him all day. He's like, I just, I feel like I learned so many things just in that conversation. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully you'll learn some stuff too, and you'll enjoy listening to this.
0: Yeah, we talked about, like, all the missed opportunities for the climate movement over the years. Mm -hmm. Rev Yearwood has been an environmental justice advocate and activist for a very long time. Um, Or, I mean, I guess it just seems that way to me because I've been doing this for, like, eight years. But, you know, he's been doing it for more than a cool decade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And he will straight go put his body on the line. So, you know what? Hats off to him. I just write words.
1: <laughs> no, he's awesome. He's really awesome. And we talked a little bit about uh the intersection of religion and climate work and social justice and all kinds of stuff. He just was yeah, he's he's a very, very interesting, cool dude. Um
0: Yeah. So wealth in,
1: of wisdom. Yes, totally. Yeah, I just I felt like I was like going to church and going to school. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday school, right? Um,
0: So we thought it would be cool to put this out on Easter. So please enjoy. Also, stay tuned at the end for a conversation between Amy and I about the American Petroleum Institute's climate plan.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: you heard that correctly. Mm -hmm. They have a climate plan. Yep. It's interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, it's like Garfield's lasagna plan. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. It's time, Amy. It's time to talk about climate.
3: Well, first, let me just say, I have, I have a lot of questions. Okay. Amy and Mary, I am so glad to uh, to meet y'all, but I feel like I know you vis-a-vis the web. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's where we really live, actually. <laughs> I
3: th- I think I think you're right. I yeah. mean, I I, I, f- I feel that. Yeah. So so uh I guess for folks who don't know you, um, let me ask the question I ask all of the folks that I talk to. And I'll just start off with what who is Mary Anise Hepburn? I thought you Mary, first.
0: All right. I was really hoping you're gonna go in alphabetical order with Amy. Um who am I? <laughs> Um, I am, uh, I'm a writer, um, the focus is mostly on climate change and emotion and climate change and race and climate and justice, which honestly, I don't know how you write about climate change without writing about those things, but some people do it. Um, and I am originally from Birmingham, Alabama, by way of Port Gibson, Mississippi, and I live in Harlem. Um, and I'm also a bat enthusiast. Big fan of bats.
3: Wow, I love that. I, ne- I never—that's—that's—that's that's, that's great to know. I, mean, I never <laughs> known. I mean, I guess there's a combination. I never would have thought about Birmingham to Harlem and then loving bats. Like, when did bats become in like the in, in, into that conversation? Like, when did you begin to love bats?
0: You know, I've always kind of thought they were cute. Um, they're like these little flying mammals and then they pollinate. And um, then I said something about how they were cute on Twitter and people sent me all sorts of bat stuff. And I was like, oh, these animals are way cooler than I thought yeah. they were. So it kind of grew that way. Um, yeah.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> and who is Amy Westervelt?
1: Uh, um, hmm, let's see. <laughs> um, I'm a... I'm a journalist, I'm a reporter. I've been an investigative journalist for a long time, so I feel like i'm I'm like the the nerd in the library reading documents while Mary's writing essays <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind, um, of. kind of yeah, uh, and uh well, let's see what else I'm also I grew up in California um, and I have two kids. I still live in California, yeah. And, you know, my, do you want my religious background yet or no? I feel like
2: I, I, sure. I feel yeah, like it's no, like we... part
1: of me. Yeah. Like my, my dad is, is Mexican Catholic and my mom is like, uh, sort of European Catholic. So i got a lot of Catholicism up in here.
3: Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, and and combined, we are the co-creators and co-hosts of a hot take podcast. of hot take. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's
3: no, right. and I and I love how y'all talk about each other. Like, this is my work wife, and she's amazing. Yes. And, and y'all like <laughs> <laughs> y'all like talk back and forth. Uh, yeah. Like I guess I'm I'm a big fan of hot take. So. Oh, thank you. Great. we're big
0: fans of you, and also yeah. who is Reverend Yearwood?
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Huh. I yeah. thought you were going to get away with yeah. that Yeah. No. Right. I, the first
3: time to get that one on this side. That's that's a good. Well, I'm a freedom fighter. I mean, mm-hmm. I think after, that's the first thing. And I love, uh, I love, well, I love black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love black, brown, and people of color. I love all mm-hmm. people. I love humanity. But I definitely love black people because sometimes people don't love them back.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
3: I try to give them as much love as possible. But personally... Mm-hmm. I mean, I, um, I uh, have two boys um, that I raised myself, um, and uh, I'm a hockey dad. They're both now in, in college, so it's a whole new thing for me because I actually um, <laughs> uh, getting used to uh, like not having kids, so it's kind of weird a little bit. So I'm still kind of yeah. like all in their I'm still kinda like all in their business a little bit. I'd be like I
1: could see that. I could yeah, see that yeah. being very be, weird. Yeah, no,
3: yeah. It, yeah. And then with with COVID, uh one of them, their dorms closed. So he's he's back. So he's doing like a Zoom class. I'm like all in his room, hey, how's class today? So you know this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, man, oh man, somebody get me the vaccine, please. I gotta I
2: gotta,
3: gotta get out of here. I gotta escape. <laughs>
2: So, yeah, <laughs> and
3: that's probably my proudest thing is them. But I'm also, I come from, I'm a, my parents are from both from Trinidad. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So then I was born in Louisiana. Um, that's how wow. that's my roots to uh, kind of my story with Hurricane Katrina. You know, mm. my, kind of my climate evolution. It kind of starts there. And um, in a hard way of seeing literally my uh, family and friends drown in the richest country in the world. hmm mm. And then yeah. I got into it, and then when I got into it, I was already into hip hop because I was working with folks like Russell, and mm-hmm. and and Diddy and those kind of folks. And then I got into it, and I realized that the climate movement um, was kind of like this siloed um, movement. It was like they were mm-hmm. telling me, like, okay, it was so great you're here, so you could be on the on the on the EJ team. And I like the mm-hmm. EJ team. I said, no, I just want to fight against. I guess the climate crisis. I'm not. you know, I, I want to be on just that team. Right. And they know all the black people go into that room with the, with the mm-hmm. EJ team. And I'm like, okay. nah, well, I'm, I'm hip hop. Yeah. I'm not going into that room. I'm going to organize all the hip hop people. And that's where I am today. And so right. hip hop caucus. I've drugged the hip hop caucus at first, kicking and screaming into the, into the conversation. But now they, it's, they, it's, they do their thing. They're right.
0: Yeah.
3: Creating documentaries and music. And so it's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, that's me. That's Rev Yearwood.
1: That's
0: awesome. It's always so interesting to me how like uh, EJ kind of became like the EJ meeting environmental justice be- became like the the kids' table of the climate movement. Um, it was just mm-hmm. like, we're gonna, real. yeah, no, they're like, no, I we're know. gonna go solve yeah. the problem in ways that don't account for your humanity at all, and then we'll give you those problems to solve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like problems that we specifically made for you. Um, yeah. yeah. It seems to, it feels to me like that silo is breaking down. But for you as someone who's been in it for a long time, how do you feel?
3: Well, first of all, you don't take no shots though. you like He said, said, at least you put a little extra sauce in that long. you said, long time. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, I've been I'm just, doing I'm this for so like, no, like five years. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just teasing. It's been a long time. It's been yeah. a minute. Uh-uh. I'm an OG in the of movement. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, well, actually, so in that note, let me just give a shout out to the one who used to babysit me, Dr. Beverly Wright. So let me just give a shout out. She'll tell you, I have to change real purpose. No way. That's so funny. But no, I think it has changed. Um, We are coming a long way. As you know, one of the things that I do, I do a lot of uh, street heat. Mm -hmm. So I've been arrested quite a few times. Um, fighting against fossil fuel companies um, mm. and against uh, pipelines, and so i 've been in a, a few jails across mm. the country, um, and so in that, I remember that I was the only one um, mm. now with amazing groups like Sunrise and Zero Hour and Generation Green and all these powerful uh, young folk coming up in the movement that 's at the case them they 're literally putting their bodies against the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, in that in that aspect, and I'm just so proud of them for doing that. And I'm also just proud about how I think the the you mentioned earlier about the kitty table.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: it's crazy because um, there's a reason why that kitty table was created, and it was created that way not only from a standpoint of of policy of worth, but also resources. Um, and so we know that the kitty table shouldn't have been created at all. We you know when EJ was first created from Warren County in North Carolina, there shouldn't have been a kiddie table. That should have been a, a, a marriage right then. The climate movement has actually missed so many opportunities yep. to connect the dots between climate justice and racial justice. And, awesome. and so when at that moment back in the 80s, they should have connected those dots. And then during Katrina, they should have clearly solved then. And it's interesting because that's actually the moment when the fossil fuel industry, is beginning to use the terms like climate, you know, denial and climate hoax around 2006. If mm-hmm. the climate movement had begun to use more issues of humanity, it could yeah. have literally broke those tactics down from the from the fossil fuel industry, who literally went from climate denial to what we're now seeing, which is climate delay, which we're now mm-hmm. also seeing to the, in the Congress, which is climate dilute. Well, how can we make this this legislation as diluted as possible?
1: So Mm -hmm. if they had
3: disconnected the dots, and so it's unfortunate and the stakes are too high, but yeah, no, that's it, Mary. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the, the evolution of that EJ process for me.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's so frustrating to look back at it on it. Um, and Amy says this all the time. It's like how race is the Achilles heel of the climate movement and the fossil fuel yeah. industry. Like they know
1: that. Fact. Right. It, yeah. It's a weakness that gets exploited all the time. You know, it's like the reason that the fossil fuel industry can, you know, say, oh, the transition is going to be uh, is going to be racist. Is that the environmental movement has been very bad on race for a really long time? You know, it's it's. I don't know. I feel like if, if you don't care because it's just like a um, – because you don't care about justice, you should care because it's a good way to lose. Um,
3: you know? nah, but Amy you're, oh. Amy, you're right, though. But, I mean, Amy, that's, that's the thing, though. The climate movement – the, the, the modern-day climate movement was created in a silo. When they came into existence, so, mm. so there's two parts, right? There's the yeah. conservation movement, as we know, that goes back, you know, it has a whole lot of problems in itself. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a whole right. other conversation. Mm-hmm. But Public the modern land. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a whole other piece you got you to gotta get into. Yeah. But the modern day climate movement, meaning around the creation of EPA, right? Mm-hmm. Around between 1968 and 1972, yeah. in the creation of the, quote, modern-day climate movement, most of the large, the big green organizations were created. So NRDC, LCV, uh, Rainforest Action Network, all those organizations, uh, UCS, were created within that four-year time frame. That's literally when most of them were created for whatever reason they were created. What's also important is that the people were in the streets So you had the black people with the black power movement was in the streets. And that wasn't a part of this process. You had the women's movement that was emerging. The gay rights movement that was that was powerful um, Mm -hmm. in in New York City and just throughout the world was just moving forth. You had all the even had the the anti-Vietnam movements, even Mm -hmm. young white kids who were putting out street heat. They weren't engaging. The climate movement literally said at the very beginning, we are not going to be a part of that kind of movement. So even if it's the anti-war movement or or the gay rights movement or the strong feminist and womanist movement or the Black Power movement, they immediately pulled back from the inception and they mm-hmm. coasted along. So when so that when Mary's about the EJ movement emerging, and literally think about it now, that's that's 1968, 1972. So then you go 10 years, and then when black folks are saying, don't put landfills in our community, that was their moment to so literally say, okay, let's break mm-hmm. the silos down. And even then they pulled back. So mm-hmm. that's why it, it went and then it went on again. So you have to understand this is so this is not yeah. just uh, a communist of the Achilles heel, this is who the movement is right. from its from its inception of its creation. They just felt that if we can do this, we can create policies. And then at some point in time, they realized that and some have, some haven't, is that we can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. We we're mm-hmm. not big enough or strong enough to beat the philosophy industry as a uh I could say a Birkenstock movement. <laughs> that's that's on the East Coast <laughs> or on the West Coast, and yes. so they so they realize, and so now they're in a point where they are literally trying to do a crash course on racism, and I'm sure they probably calling y'all up all the time and trying to get like hear your podcast and get 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 pointers about how to do today, and, and they won for free, just correct. They also want for free. They want they want free information. So you won fifty yeah. sub years without asking nobody. Now you want free. Intel to figure out how to fix it, so it's crazy, mm-hmm. but, but yeah. that's where we are. But the thing about that for me yeah. though, that keeps me saying is that regardless of that, I know we still have to win. So mm-hmm. I got, so we had to tighten them up, which why I love what y'all do, uh, mm-hmm. how y'all how, how you had this conversation because we got to tighten them up because they weren't right, but we still got to win because the stakes of losing are too high.
0: Right. That's right. They have too much power to be left alone with it. Um, Right. And it's just like it's (laughs) uh, just naming all of those movements that you just named and how the climate and environmental movement refused to engage with them. I think about we probably could have averted the climate crisis if they had just like drawn the connections. Right. Like especially. So to me, I draw my. My roots or my lineage in the environmental movement to the civil rights movement. Like, Mm. I think about the people who integrated the beaches. I think of like SNCC was doing all sorts of work with environmental justice in terms of like kids who were picking cotton with nothing on their feet and then they wind up with all Mm -hmm. of these worms. So we were already thinking about this. Like, we just didn't separate it because separating it, who has time for all of that? And also, how does that make any sort of sense? But also, the anti war movement is one that drives me crazy because Mm -hmm. had the environmental movement been anti war from the beginning, It wouldn't have taken us this long to realize, oh, wait, no, the fossil fuel industry is evil and there is no working with them.
3: (laughs) You know? That's that's real. No, (laughs) you're right. No, we had been in a position where we had connected. It should have been from the very beginning. If any movement, I mean, maybe at the Black Power movement, because that's 68, after that, the king has been killed. Maybe they've been a little skittish on that front. Maybe a little skittish around the gay rights movement or around other movements around the, the womanist and feminist movement. Maybe they've been a little skish around those. Shouldn't have been, because it's truly, if you're progressive, that should have been, should have been bringing those things in. Mm-hmm. But the anti-war movement was also steeped in policy. Mm-hmm. It was steeped in the Pentagon Papers. It was steeped in a way that it was very similar. And so yeah. the no war, no warming movement should have emerged from the beginning. And the mm-hmm. fact that the no war, no warming movement did not emerge um, was also because was a little bit of, of, of elitism. And that's also another big situation as well that the movement has to deal yeah. with because mm-hmm. there is also, there's a kind of a situation where they class. felt... Class, like yeah. Class, they felt there was poor white people who was going to Vietnam and they could avoid it as well. I mean, I mean, this is hard. These are hard conversations. This is what if you listen, if you got the coolest show and hot takes, you're going to get some hard conversations. It's going to cut. That's right. It's it's going to be real. (laughs) We're going to keep it 100. We're going to keep it 100 for real.
1: 100 degrees. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true. It's totally true. It's so frustrating because I feel like you still I still hear people today saying oh you know we we don't have time for that we need to focus on energy sources and we need to focus on this as though like as though you can do that like as though you can just take this problem out of the context it's in and place it in a vacuum and like solve it over there and then (laughs) and then we'll get to all these other problems I just it's
3: no, like, but Amy, uh, but that's also that's belittling too, right? Because yeah. it's like if you have the information, right? Yeah, it's like if you have what if you have the manual to to, to work your new air fryer, right? And you have that.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm getting
3: some, one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's pretty. It's good stuff. You need to get one. Yeah, <laughs>
1: uh, uh,
3: but if you have that, and then somebody comes behind you, and you're acting like you're frustrated because they don't know how to work the air fryer. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying like, well, curry up, this, you do this And they're like, well, I haven't read the manual And you're acting like as though you're better than them Because you got right. the manual first The mm-hmm. climate movement does that They act as though they somehow understand the science better Which is not mm-hmm. true the, yeah. the, the crisis better, which is not true How to negotiate, mm-hmm. which is not true As Mary mm-hmm. said, even how to how to make to heal our community And yeah. so they have they, So yeah. now they're literally They're making it so that I got the manual first And so others didn't Which is ironic, though, is that now we're finding out that, listen, indigenous communities, First Nations, Black people, brown people, had that same manual just worded slightly different. And so if you had respected their manual about how to treat the earth, then you would have been here a long time ago. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly. Also, if this whole idea of separating it out worked it would have worked already y'all been at this for decades
1: you know what i mean yes (laughs) If like innovation (laughs) was gonna solve the problem it would have done so yeah we wouldn't have the problem right because we knew about
0: it like way in advance So like to me, the moment where things changed and this became an intersectional integrated sort of movement was in 2018 with the IPCC report, because Mm -hmm. I feel like I I definitely saw a lot of white folks being like, "Okay, so we clearly failed. um, So maybe we should listen to some other people. And then I also saw a lot of people of color sort of being like, they don't know what they're doing. We have mm-hmm. to do something about yeah. this. Right. Yeah. And sort of like knocking down the doors and being like, Okay, well clearly y'all don't know how to save the world.
1: Um, so right. we're gonna have to take charge. No. I think um I think the Standing Rock protest, too, it was like a Mm. one-two punch of, like, the Indigenous protest starting to happen 2016-2017, then the IPCC report, and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, nothing we've been doing worked. What these people are doing over here seemed very effective, although, like, the response was ridiculous, you know, and, like, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, just all of a sudden, like... It does seem fairly quickly people have started to to think about this as like oh wait a second this is a this is a structural problem that mm-hmm. includes all of these things and not just this one area that I've been focused on. A no. lot of people, obviously not everyone, but
3: <laughs> no, no, no. Well, well, yeah. I, and, and I listen. More. Those those are are critics. You see behind me. Some of my what? Are my hats is going to say nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is you know the countdown and, and I, I have each year I yeah. have well I have twelve eleven ten actually eleven I uh, it I, it got left in the Norfolk airport so there's probably oh, no. somebody well you know somebody somebody got eleven years They probably don't know what it means but they got eleven years high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they walk around Norfolk probably a whole new crew I probably got a whole new uh, <laughs> like, thing going on in Norfolk but I'm with eleven years yo and, uh, <laughs> and it's hilarious. probably a whole a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but but I want to say I agree with you. I think that the IPCC report, right, mm-hmm. which um which came out in October mm-hmm. 2018, right. Yeah. And I always, I definitely think Standing Rock, which was yeah. if you go back to that's in in 2016, um, 16, 16, 17, right? yeah. So so I I, yeah. I would just take it back a little further out though. So I think that for me, I think that the moment when this movement had its had its reckoning, to me, it goes back to 2010. And it goes mm-hmm. back to policy. It goes to the failure of the uh, Markey-Waxman bill.
1: Waxman-Markey, yeah. I think,
3: I think that once that fails, and I think that how yeah. that fails, because of two different things, because of the amount of money, because the other part of this conversation is the amount of resources that is propped up through our foundations. And that's a whole other conversation through the, through the foundations and the, the philanthropy of this process, propping up yep. failure in some cases and not holding them accountable. And measurable, but that was also a stand of a failed policy, because if you think back on it, we said earlier that the climate, the, the denial aspect of the fossil fuel industry, really ramps up in two thousand and six. Really mm-hmm. begins to bring forth this new kind of climate of hoax and the, the attacking of scientists that really comes in 2006
1: with like climate gate and all that stuff. All of that, and yeah. obviously with,
3: with Alec and uh, mm-hmm. and and the uh, Americans yeah. for Prosperity, all those all those crazy right. folks who are still in action and who still also uh, are also attacking Black people through creating extended ground laws and a of other yep. and voter disenfranchisement. So it's very much mm-hmm. linked together, mm-hmm. but in 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 2010. The failure of the Marky Waxman bill process is something there where it was so horrific. It was so much money, so much was invested, and it was during the time frame of President Obama, and it was just, so much was at stake in that. Mm-hmm. That failure and the failure of truly including vulnerable communities in the process, not only including them, but then also throwing them under the bus. To get yeah. to a deal, literally running over poor black and brown communities, literally at that moment creates a, a, a moment in which they had they had lost to some degree. The climate movement had lost, and what saves the climate movement is actually the, the one of the the original pipeline fights before Standing Rock, which is then Keystone, and that right. is the moment then when Keystone come together again because of the the folks who are. And it's interesting, and Keystone is again the beginnings of when people come together. So you have these white ranchers working with mm-hmm. with uh, um, you know um, indigenous communities. I never forget they, they had a slogan where they had cowboys, Indians, alliance, and they were going around. Yeah. they go around saying <laughs> CIA. Say, come on, Rev, come on, CIA, CIA. I said, man, nah, y'all push the envelope now. I know I can go around and chatting. <laughs> I don't I, listen. I'm with you. I'm with you. I can go ahead and chat and CIA. <laughs> So it was in that position. and But that was Keystone. Oh, Keystone was that process right. in which I think that that then, and also that that was the year when Sierra Club, and it was amazing, Sierra Club in their 125-year history had never dealt with civil disobedience. And mm-hmm. so with new leadership mm-hmm. there, they came to the game and said, okay, well, we're now, we're, we're now we'll put our bodies on the line.
2: Mm-hmm. And that,
3: to me, is the beginning of this shift. And that begins a, a different... So then from, from Keystone to the land Coast Pipeline to Standing Rock, and then also yeah. the, the, the ignoring of, of young people um, and, mm-hmm. and just ignoring the wisdom and the, the strength and the passion, that emerges clearly as well um, through Standing Rock, I would say. Yeah. And then obviously Greta Thunberg picks up off with the Standing Rock power. Yeah. And, and it's a good, we, I mean, obviously we love Greta, but she, it comes yeah. from the young people who literally ran from Standing Rock to right. Washington, D.C., and that didn't bring Zero Hour and, mm-hmm. and those people from Nadia and Jamie and this that whole crew, which is amazing, and literally, and then Jerome, and then all these young folks are saying, listen, we're going to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so here we are today. And now, environmental justice is now uh, front and center, and we're seeing that now through the Justice 40 with Biden. And so it's exciting, but again, I mean, it, it's come through a long, long way yeah. to, for us to get to this point.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I wish it didn't have to get this bad to get this good.
3: No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's real, though. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's unfortunate because it's, it's, yeah. the, the stakes are high, right? Like, yeah. literally, you know, it wouldn't be so bad, but then, you know, you know, in, when the ice storms hit Texas, you know, you had 11-year-olds freezing to death.
2: You know. know what
3: I mean? Uh, last year during, during the hurricanes, um, when it was hitting the Greek alphabet, which is crazy, and they were hitting, nuts. you know, yeah. yeah, and they were hitting my home state, Louisiana, you know, mm-hmm. different same spots. They you know, folks losing everything, and then on top, right. of, mm-hmm. top of top of COVID. So yeah, but it, you know, it's, it w- it wouldn't be so bad if it takes to so high, but people have been dying, and so they yeah. gotta be – so it's time for us to keep it real. And Foster Fields knows that, like their mm-hmm. business plan is a death sentence yeah. um, yep. for our communities, and so yep. it's and, yeah. and so I'm not I'm not their friend because they literally are intentionally killing our people. And as long as yeah. you do that, yeah. I can't I can't be your friend.
0: Yeah. That's I right. Mean, I mean, I will be your cyber bully.
3: Come on. You, you <laughs> yes. do well too. Nah, you you go at That's him. Right. You go at him, Mary, That's you right. go at him tough.
0: I mean I love it. It. <laughs> I <laughs> was telling you earlier, yeah,
3: you had you gotta to come to hip hop caucus with that. You, you 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 fall right in line <laughs> with, the, with the caucus you know, folks.
0: But no joke, um so yeah my my whole like idea behind that is kind of like bringing the black aesthetic to the climate movement because mm. black people are funny. Like we make fun of our bullies. Like we we throw rocks back. That's kind right. of how we operate, <laughs> right? Like yeah. right? Like nobody drags people like Black Twitter. So I wanted to bring that to the fossil fuel company. And also, like, the other part of it that's part of the black aesthetic is that, like, so the climate movement has really fallen into this trap of individual responsibility. And they will go after an individual regular person climate denier way faster than they would go after, like, BP or Shell or the American Petroleum Institute, right? Like, they'll go after that person and argue with that person who is basically a victim of propaganda before going after the actual... Actual person who indoctrinated them. Or they right. even worse and actually more common is they'll go after one another for not recycling enough or not having enough <sighs> solar panels or, or this or that. Too much exactly. Trouble. Or like, yeah. I don't know, maybe I think we should look into nuclear and now all of a sudden my mentions are full of like all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I would much rather take that to the people who deserve it. <laughs> I would yeah. much yeah. rather take that to the people who have like bombed little children in Iraq and Syria. I would, mm-hmm. and like, there's no excuse for that. You can't tell me, oh, we didn't know that was gonna kill people. Also, you can't tell me you didn't know yeah. about climate change because we have reports showing you've known about it for 40 years or more. more. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they deserve everything I say to them. They deserve all. I started off doing it just because, like, I was in a bad mood and I wanted to take it out on somebody, and I wanted to take it out on somebody that and a deserves very it. Target, right? Yes. No. So I would just be like, I, "I'm having a bad day. I bet Chevron said something stupid, so I'm just gonna go yell at them." And then um, Exxon blocked me on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I was wow. like, "Oh, this is gonna be my new favorite thing." Come on, man! I like, I, like, I, like, I like both of that.
1: I like the blocking and the
3: people slack aspect. I love that.
1: Like, yeah, I'm, I'm very petty. I'm petty as all
0: get out. So, like, yeah. once they blocked me, I was like, "Oh, oh, I smell blood. I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. all the time
3: now." <laughs> no, you, you well, yeah. you both do it well. well thank, thank you. I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's a it's a great skill. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, they're not people now. I
1: mean, like, so <laughs> oh, it's easy. That's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> it's, it's fun. Impressive, impressive. it's fun. We we go. I mean, it's fun. It's it's fun when you know they. It's fun when you know they bullies. And right. Yeah, they're, nah, they're right, yeah, they're they're terrible. Yeah, they're not people, yeah. they're
1: terrible institutions yeah. nah, you're right. that are killing people. So like throw eggs at them, it's fine. It's exactly. Totally fine.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And also they deserve it. They've done mm-hmm. such hor- they're irredeemable. It's not like, oh, they're doing mm-hmm. a net zero thing. That's better than them doing nothing. Actually, I would rather them do literally nothing. I would yeah. rather them fall mm-hmm. off the face of the earth. And also, yeah. even if they are doing the best possible thing that they can for the climate, they've done so much bad in the past. I That's will get right. to call you names until you are in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. And like, if, even if you're genuinely trying to do better, you should recognize that you deserve that.
3: No, you're yeah. right. no, I agree with you. Well, you know, one thing, Hip Hop Caucus, we we we've started to try to figure out different ways to approach that. And so mm-hmm. like you said, so we we actually did a whole so we did a whole comedy special that's yeah. out now that actually Oh uh,
1: awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we're not sure when it be mainstream and and it uh it actually will play at the Environmental Film Festival. And awesome. so hopefully folks will have seen it there. If not, they will see it when it comes out. But the idea behind that is actually taking what you're saying, Mary, which is a little different. Uh, Mm -hmm. But how do we make this? How do we use our natural funniness Mm
2: -hmm.
3: um, to to push back?
2: Right? Right? Right.
3: How do we? Yeah. How do we use what? How do we do? You know, we do the dozens better than anybody. So 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 so. so How do we? So so. If y'all want to do the dozens, y'all not built for this. You ain't really. Right. You not really (laughs) built for what what we were about to do. You really want to. Right. I'm sure time sure was probably like, oh my goodness, what did say that. <laughs> probably had the first like, okay, this is gonna be a great comeback. She's gonna go running and then like, oh, she's, I can imagine no. Marion y'all, you must have been like, oh, come back, woo. Let's go. Yeah, look, I I'm the
0: youngest out of a whole lot of cousins,
3: oh, so that man. means like,
0: the the minute we see each other, we start roasting each other. And these are my cousins mm. that I love. What do you think I'm gonna say to Shell, who I hate? Yes, <laughs> there's you no
3: home You. That reminds me when, when somebody says you meet somebody and you come across uh, uh, a young lady or a woman who, who you know who is at her wit's end and you are going at her, and she goes. You have found the right one today. <laughs> let me tell you something. You have not found the right one today. You found the wrong one. <laughs> you you didn't for you didn't find the right one. You, no. uh, I got some time <sighs> for you today. I was Right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> let me put my children.
3: Let me put my children over here. Let me, let, me, right. let me give me a second. Cause I got something. I got something. I got something. Hold I can on. see Amy right now. I can see Amy right now. Amy and me right now. Okay, I got something. I got something That's for you. That's me right
1: now.
2: No.
0: Right. <laughs> people will always be like, so how do you find the time to do this? I make time. Yeah. It's legit the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Oh,
3: no. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it.
1: Well, Damn. also, now I feel like people tag us, too. They're like... At Amy, at Mary, like you know, bring bring in the green trolls, and we're like, yeah. okay, let's see. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna start tagging you. I'm, I'm gonna be like,
1: some, please, please. I need some. Yeah. Uh, I need
3: some internet heat. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be like, hold, I got, I, I got a crew now.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's y'all great. Y'all. Yeah. yeah, it's great because I've been yeah. seeing like every time we do it, then I look at it later, and there's like 20 replies that are all. People that also I think follow the hot take account that are like, yeah, fuck you, shell.
2: That's
0: Fun. And honestly, yeah. I think people think climate activism has to be really sad and depressing and serious. You get to, serious. Yeah. Yeah. get to laugh. Yeah, we get to laugh. We
1: get to be silly. We get to have fun mm-hmm. at these people's expense. Um, that's right. And. Yeah. Yes. So at the very least, we should be able to enjoy clowning on them.
3: Like <laughs> no, you're right. You know, as well, that, the, I think that's that's the thing. People have not used. So this is to your point, Amy, about Standing Rock. So when yeah. Standing Rock was so powerful, because we saw how um, the Lakota Nation used their their indigenous this culture in and yeah. everything, right? Yeah. Even how even how we started ceremonies, how we ended ceremonies. And so using culture was mm-hmm. everything. And it was mm-hmm. powerful because it was centering. Mm-hmm. And it was healthy because you can't do this work if you're bitter, jaded, or cynical. You can't yeah. do it. It'll overtake you. And you can't do it if you are only yeah. doing it from their standpoint. Because truthfully, if you think about Exxon or BP or Chevron or as folks in the Bay, Chevron, if you if 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 if, if you are <laughs> if you are dealing with them, you don't understand how much they have. It, it'll make you feel like you, you can't do it. But when you begin to just say nah, you know we're gonna go at you, which is that's, that's kind of hip hop because hip hop is that kind of like you know in mm-hmm. some cases that kind of small little voice you know mm-hmm. you know that says nah you know no matter how it ain't small no more. But when it first started yeah. it was just like you know you know we're in the Bronx you know let's mm-hmm. let's use our voice. To create change and so y'all like the mm. original like y- y- y'all like the y- y'all like the uh the, the, the get fresh crew you know, yeah, be, yeah like <laughs> y'all <you know>, like yeah <laughs> you got know, like, you know, like, like rappers delight yeah y'all gonna be like climate delight i'm, I'm gonna be like i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> you know what i mean climate delight and that's what y'all, y'all 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 making it happen yeah y'all, y- y'all, y'all y'all bringing, y'all bringing the and, that, and that's actually a critical piece so the culture piece is such an important piece yeah mm-hmm. um um for what what needs to happen
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah and i think that also gets into the thing that like i know we came here to talk about but got no, so, no. so far to other things but but like how yeah. faith is different Um, And how faith can be really important to the climate movement and how like. So one of the things that I find really frustrating about the way people talk about climate change and climate denial in particular is they Mm -hmm. make it seem like it's a Christian problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not. (laughs) It is a white people problem. Um, A lot of the people who are climate deniers are would not even call themselves christians would not even go to church um and even the ones that do like they subscribe to a very different type of christianity Mm -hmm. than i've ever experienced in my entire life like Mm -hmm. i grew up in churches in birmingham and in mississippi very much in the bible belt um and i grew up with with black churches and it Mm -hmm. was always seen as like that nature was this beautiful, wonderful thing. And that this planet is this beautiful, wonderful thing that we're in communion with and not in domination over. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always just found that narrative so incredibly
2: frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like a
1: very specific strain of, of Mm -hmm. puritanical white Christianity. That's like, that has that idea of like dominion and whatever. And it, and it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's very irritating. No,
3: well, yeah. I mean, so the, the reality, so for me, as folks, folks, this is the part. So I am, I'm a person of faith. I actually uh, was in the uh, Air Force as a chaplain. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's but so interesting. That's Can I ask a, a dumb fact. question? No, What's please. the difference
0: a... between a reverend and a chaplain?
3: No, that's not, that's not a dumb question at all. I, mean, it's, it's, I don't it's, know
1: the answer to that either. No, but yeah. it's, it's, easy.
3: It's, it's it's the same thing. It's the oh. same thing. Okay. So yeah, no, it's reverend, chaplain, minister. Uh, you know, it's 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 the it's the same elder. Okay. Um, this is a different different name now. Chaplain is usually used in a public institution, mm-hmm. meaning like you work for like a government, you are in like a hospital. Right. Um, you know, you're you're doing. Sometimes it's you're also doing pastoral care as mm-hmm. a, as a reverend or a minister or elder, but it's mm-hmm. also, you're kind of more focused on pastoral care, but mm-hmm. yeah, that would, that was, that was my thing. And actually I did that. So my thing was, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, Mary. I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so this is my mom. So I have two standpoints. So my mom was a church goer. So mm-hmm. again, my parents are both from the Caribbean. My dad, mm-hmm came to this country because he was actually in the '68 Olympics. Um, wow. and he, yeah. And he saw Tommy Smith and John Carlos. I was about to ask and, if he
0: was one of
3: them. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, he saw them. Before, and he was like, from Trinidad, he's like, wow, them Americans is wild. <laughs> and, so, and so he was like, he was like, man, I got to go check them out. And he had known, he had heard about obviously Dr. King and, and and Malcolm X, so he wanted to come to this country. So he came. He, he didn't have a high school diploma. This is shout out to all the the black colleges. So he came mm-hmm. here, and they they got him in. Obviously, he could mm-hmm. run really fast. And so they so they got, <laughs> <laughs> and so they they found him a spot. But um and that's how he went to Grambling, and that's how then I that's wow. that that's the beginnings of my part of being mm-hmm. in being born in in Louisiana. So wow. and and in that process, um you know he continued to grow. I bring this up because he would then become the Dean of African-American studies at Howard university.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: so um, his PhD actually was in wow. urban studies and he would, and he would say that if you want to know racism, mm-hmm. you have to f- go find urban planners because they would be the one to plan out. Like literally they would look at yes. race. They would look at things way in advance to see how they can make things very difficult for black mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. so I bring that up. So his background was mm-hmm. one that was much more an academic. He was really much more into, I, w- I would say that um, he was just one who was probably not as into like Christianity like that. He was into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pan-Africanism and that was mm-hmm. his upbringing. And so, but in that, I got a chance to be around him and be around a lot of different people like Stokely Carmichael, like Dr. Dorothy Haidt. <sighs> Wow! Um, you know, I get to you know, and as a kid, you don't even like I said, you don't even know you're around these folks. But it's yeah. crazy now, looking back on it. You know, I'm like, want to go outside and play. I'm like, this is Curtis Scott King. Okay, nice to meet you. to go outside and play. Tonight. You know, you're not even thinking about it as a kid. You just want to get out of right. the yard and just get it. Yeah, So, right. but that, but that was that. On my other hand, Stan, who is is brilliant is also has her PhD in psychology mm. and. And But she would connect the dots from as a psychologist with, with faith and mental aspects, almost like faith being a way of transformative and also as, as black mm. people needing faith as a mechanism to cope in a in a racist society.
2: Mm. So that's just
3: a little bit of background about me. So for me, then I come into this, and I come mm-hmm. into this from the standpoint of looking for the revolutionary Christianity, the, mm-hmm. the Jesus who overturned the tables um, mm-hmm. in, in, in the temple, and that's how I come into this. So then, and that's really, yeah. a lot of that is how the black community, who will literally take their faith, coming here, being devoid of their language, being stripped of their faith, which was very powerful, the African indigenous faith was very mm-hmm. powerful, but being stripped of that, they somehow, in a very powerful way, understanding that the faith would would utilize their faith system as a means for liberation. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that they literally would say, okay, we can't use our own faith, so we'll take your faith Mm -hmm. and then make it our faith and use it as a roadmap to freedom. Mm
1: -hmm. And so that when people
3: would hear like, down by the riverside wasn't a gospel, it was literally a roadmap to freedom. It was literally somebody outside the plantation and so Harriet Tubman and many others would would use that. So understanding that Mm -hmm. backdrop, Black mm-hmm. people and brown people utilize faith as a mechanism to escape oppression. Right.
2: right. And, right. And, and,
3: there's a, and there's a connection. And right. so then when you have certain white communities, they haven't had to escape anything. Mm-hmm. And so their faith then is based upon a very different um, set of beliefs. And so mm-hmm. that's actually where, to your point, Mary, how the climate mm-hmm. movement and the white evangelicals actually see eye to eye because they haven't been going through that oppression, and mm-hmm. so a lot of them come through that white community, and so they're looking for solidarity. They're like, yo, you're supposed to be good stewards and mm-hmm. dominion, and that is actually very foreign to what it is. You're not supposed to be dominion in, to anything, but 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 in solidarity and living in, in harmony with, and right. so they mm-hmm. take they're, they're they're taking out certain things and scriptures um, and manipulating mm-hmm.
1: them, and yeah. so
3: and so then they have this thing where they're looking for their quote unquote. Um, and we still see this. We see this with Trump supporters, looking for their the white part of their family to get it right. Like, it almost like a family feel, Like, oh, you know, come on, Uncle Louie. I know, mm-hmm. you know, you're racist, but you, he's good. Well, well, black people see you not. Uh, Uncle Louie's a threat. You know, Uncle mm-hmm. Louis trying to kill me. And so right. there's a difference in, the, in in how people are even connecting. Mm-hmm. What that rolls down to with the climate movement is, is this, is that they then don't feel in solidarity with... Um, you know the black or brown freedom social justice churches. Now there are now mm. black and brown churches who are very much trying to be in the in the in the in the vein of you know what people say prosperity gospel or right.
2: that kind of mm-hmm. thing.
3: But for those who are social justice anchored, um, yeah. which we now see with like Reverend Warnock going up yeah. to, to Congress and things like that, and many yeah. others. Um, so th- that difference there is what we're now looking at. And so mm-hmm. the climate movement has to get away of looking for the traditional white evangelicals and actually looking for faith. Mm-hmm. This is the key problem. Right. The climate movement is looking to be cheap. And this is the problem. They're not owning... Mm -hmm. who they are. Sometimes they may be agnostic or atheist. Own that. Like, be who you are. Be human. You don't have to believe nothing. Be who you are. If you're a person of faith, be that. If you're a Buddhist or Muslim or Christian, be that. Use your faith as a mechanism for change. If it doesn't work for you, then find something else. But the key Mm -hmm. thing I tell young people who are listening to this, the one thing about this work, that is facts, you can't do this work by pulling on yourself. You gotta have something mm. external. I don't care if it's your family, if it's your children, if it's your yeah. faith system. If you pull on yourself, it will consume you. And mm. so you gotta have something outside of yourself, um, external, poetry, music, something beautiful, mm. can go into your spirit on a daily basis. Um, and that's and that's the thing that our movement doesn't understand. And so they are bastardizing the climate, the uh, the, the, the the faith system. To to yeah. manipulate them, and then as you said earlier, fossil fuel, fossil fuel industry is very good at sniffing out frauds. That's one mm-hmm. thing they good at. They good at that. They are good at that imposter. Oh. So if you come to them with that mm-hmm. fraud or the astral turf, they good at sniffing you out and mm-hmm. seeing if, if if you ain't real about this, and then mm-hmm. they'll and then they'll get you.
1: Yep, yep. It's so interesting. I hear so much of that um, in the youth climate movement. Actually, it's like it's not necessarily coming from like I, I don't hear. Um, the terms that you usually hear like in in people talking about religion, but I hear so much of this like, you know, um, community. And when I need to take a step back, I know that like the rest of the group is still working, you know, together. And and I don't know, just this, this idea of like, um, of, of having that um, system outside yourself to rely on uh, mm-hmm. that maybe is not, you know, a traditional faith-based church kind of thing. But I think that that's what kids are finding in those groups, like sun, like in their local Sunrise chapter or, um, you know, in their zero-hour groups. Yeah. Like I, every time I hear a youth climate person talking about this stuff, I hear so much of that. And that is like the thing that I think gives me a little bit of optimism about that generation in particular is that they are so much less – individualistic and, like, so much more aware of this that, like, they can't just do it on their own.
0: No, the other thing you kind of made me think of, and this is not a super well-formed thought, so bear with me, is, like, the the white evangelicals kind of have this thing where they think they're, like, really favored. Um, and so, therefore, they think that, like, you know, the, the passages of the Bible that they would identify with are the ones where it's, like, they're the chosen people and, uh, you know... <laughs> being a a steward of the earth means to exploit it and like this isn't their forever home and so they weren't meant to leave the planet in a livable position right right? so like Mm -hmm. they identify with like we're so favored and also I think white environmentalists kind of have that idea too that like well surely once I show you these charts and graphs and show you that you're going to kill us all you will stop what you're doing Um, and not realizing that like actually these corporations do not care about your life they right. care about my life less than yours, but they don't care. Ultimately, they don't care about your life either. And so they just like on both sides of it, they struggle from it. And the root cause of that is white supremacy. And we're all suffering for it.
3: Yeah, no, you're, you're right. right. No, and mm-hmm. I, I would say that what we're also seeing a lot is particularly within um, progressive white communities. is the mm-hmm. They are appropriating a lot mm-hmm. of the, the, the beautiful customs. And then people don't know that. So we see that in the black community, when we see a white person who literally is, in essence, trying to over uh, be overly uh, in the culture, so to speak, and not and that mm-hmm. and not really a part of the culture, but they're just using it and it was like it was like a a visceral um, kind of I to look at your culture, use it for my own kind of personal thing. We mm-hmm. we say that you are appropriating either the hairstyle or the dress mm-hmm. or you're appropriating something. That also mm-hmm. happens within. Faith systems, we see that particularly with like indigenous, you're seeing a lot of white so much, folks, yeah, who are appropriating, like, you know, this is this is, you know, we're going to the earth and we're doing this, and they're and they're literally taking um, a lot of the customs and bastardizing it, and mm-hmm. and we're seeing that, and that's actually very dangerous as well, and that's why I'm so happy now. You're seeing much many more of our indigenous sisters and brothers who are literally saying, nah, you know, this this, this is our custom, it's sacred. Mm-hmm. You can't wear that. You can't mm-hmm. be that. Love my sister Tara Hauster. Tara, those still so fighting. Stop yeah. line three. We with you uh, mm-hmm. in that process. Yeah. But you know, you know, we're not your mascot. You know, and that and you can't, you can't do those things. So that's definitely very beautiful. But for us, I think that the thing there, just saying that Amy is is very important in regards mm-hmm. to just, just the standpoint of just this, just the faith standpoint for young people. And so, mm-hmm. for me, being in in and I guess the, the advantage of being in in that, in, in a mirror of different movements. So me yeah. being within the movement for Black Lives and being a part of that process, you know, I I see. And now you're seeing also you're definitely seeing with Zero Hour and 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 um, and uh, 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 Sunrise and Generation yeah. Green and, and a lot of more young people in that aspect. I'll say this: they're oh. also realizing that this ain't no game. Mm-hmm. right like people have been playing with this thing they come into work yeah. and they're working for the the climate movement they got a good gig mm-hmm. and they can have their outrage is really nine to five outrage
2: mm-hmm. it, it, ain't, it
3: ain't really it's, it's sweet outrage it ain't street outrage right. and mm-hmm. so, so they're, out in them, they're out in the streets when it's real when they're, and, and, and they're also realizing that the other side ain't playing other
1: right, side right. is monitoring
3: them they're watching mm-hmm. them um, That's right. They're attacking them online. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they're not only doing it when you in the spotlight, but when the spotlight is gone, they still mm-hmm. they still watching. And mm-hmm. so, young people are now beginning to see what Black people went through with SNCC and SCLC mm-hmm. um, and 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 all of that process, right? And yeah. so, their sin is real. Like this fight is real. This is this is the fight, not only for a fight for us to transition from fossil fuels to clean energy. This is a fight for us. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm in a battle yeah. as well. And right. so being in that battle, they are beginning to say that your institutions yeah. is full of games. Like, y'all just that's going right. through, which is cool. Y'all do your thing and pass the plate. But I really need something real. Like, I need mm-hmm. something that's going to touch me to keep me fighting because I want to give up. Like, I really don't want to do this no more. Like, this is hard. And I, 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 I don't, like, I, I ain't got no my friends are mad at me, you know, my, my love life is all messed up and my money, <laughs> my, the, the, the money is funny, you know what I'm yeah. saying? This is, this is hard doing this work. Yeah. And, and so that's when you really need to be like, I need something outside of me to be like, the battle is not mine, but yours. This is not about me. I mm-hmm. need something to be, to, to come in here and, and, and let me see something. Give me mm-hmm. a a, be, a better wisdom or vision. Mm-hmm. And so what you're seeing, Amy, is that you're seeing people who are then creating that powerful spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. It might be, it, it might be, let's spoke so we, it might be, you know, let's get together, whatever it may be, but it's, it's real. The spiritual yeah. process is real because they understand this, mm-hmm. that one, they are not just fighting for equality, but they're fighting for existence. That's and right. two, they understand that they are also fighting against something, as we said earlier, that the, the fossil fuel industry's business plan means a death sentence for our communities, but also our activism means a death sentence for the fossil fuel industry. And mm-hmm. because of that, they are not going quietly. And, right. if they're gonna, and, and if these people are already suicidal enough to build more pipelines and to, and to get more oil and gas and coal out the ground, knowing now the facts of what this means for even their own children, you're that's dealing right. with somebody and something that is, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is not only suicidal, but is manical. And so when yeah. you're mm-hmm. dealing with that, then you, you, you have to have not only everything about you spiritually has to be in place. And that's what you're mm-hmm. seeing today, young folks. And they ain't got no game for no church to come here and just sing Kumbaya and, and mm-hmm. either Jesus did this or this. It, it, it got to be real because yeah. they're dealing with real situations. And, mm-hmm. and, and if, if there is a time, let me say this, if there's ever a time that we need God, it's mm-hmm. now. And, that, and not the God mm-hmm. for some church or some mosque or some temple or whatever it is you need. And, and, not, and not even God, if you talk about the spirit and all of something in the heaven, I'm talking about the spirit of the people.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. Something
3: that connects us together, mm-hmm. that allows us to say that, listen, mm-hmm. I am willing to give my life for this mission. And mm-hmm. that means that I am willing to not see my children no more. Mm-hmm. I'm willing that if this is my last day on this planet, and I see my friends no more, mm-hmm. this is my last day, then mm-hmm. I so be it because I know that I am connected to a struggle that is on the right side of history. Yeah, That right. is faith. That's faith. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of spirit we need mm-hmm. to make things happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, one of the questions I get a lot about climate activism is like, you know, people will present me with a a given thing, like a pipeline fight or a boycott or something like that. And they'll say, do you think this is going to work? And my question back to them is like, do you think it's worth it? Hmm. You know, like, it doesn't matter whether it's going to work or not. You can't tell the future, but you can decide right now if it's worth it. And then Mm -hmm. do you really have a choice? if it's worth it. Right? right. And I think
1: that like, that is, is like it the like... right thing to do. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And uh, that kind of, I think gets to this idea of, of faith, of like, of faith in like sort of this, this connection of, of human beings and like, why are you doing this in the first place? Um, mm. And like always wanting to know what the end goal is, is just not going to serve you. Um, and also like people often feel like wanting a
1: guaranteed outcome too. Like that's not life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also like (laughs) this idea, like people think that they're, they're doing it all by themselves. And that is a really Mm -hmm. crushing feeling. Like that can just feel like you're carrying the weight of the world because it's climate, right? Like it it is the weight of the world. But once you realize you're not the only one doing it Mm -hmm. and like you become in communion with other people is so much easier to do it and it becomes yeah. a joy to do it it's so much more sustaining so.
3: nah. mm. and that's, that's why you also have to get you the your spirit there too because you mm-hmm. can't be around people who not people who people who yeah. are who have a negative spirit yeah um, and always being like you know being down the dumps and and being negative mm-hmm. you know that can that can affect you as well because you, yeah. you know you can't you can't be around people like that so no nah, this is Man, I tell you, I I think I think we got some new family. I love the Hot Takes uh, Coolest Show collab. We got to do this more. (laughs) Me too. This
1: was like having therapy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) I also just
0: realized how our names kind of play off of each other. That's kind of nice. (laughs) But I I do have one last question, and there is a right answer. So. what is mm-hmm. it? This I have one last question
3: too for y'all too as well. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So here mm-hmm. we go.
0: What's the best band in the swag?
3: <laughs> the oh. best band in the swack? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be grambling. It's yeah, not.
0: That's, that's the wrong oh, yeah. answer.
3: No, that's the right answer.
0: That's the wrong that's answer. Right. Y'all are number three. I'll give you that.
3: <laughs> no, You're better right than answer.
0: Jackson State. <laughs> You're better than Southern. You're better than Texas Southern, but it's all corn. And then Mississippi nah, Valley. No, nah, nah, it's all it's all nah. cool.
3: You know it's all good. Oh cool. man. Yeah. You know. You know. I still got love for you. I still got love for you, man. For real. I I do. You, you, you cool with me, but that one right there, hey, that ain't gonna cut it. That, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That one right there. That one right there. I, 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 but, but, you know, but you know, but you know, but but, but I, I'm gonna say this though. You know, grandma's my my, my people's school, so you know, I, I'm not gonna that one I I am gonna go to the MAC because I think it's right, but the one I'm gonna go to the mm-hmm. MAC for is the best band in the meyak. That's gonna be Howard. That's gonna be you know. That's gonna be Hu. So.
0: Yeah, it's know. only like one black school in all of the south or the northeast. So sure.
3: I know. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, you know you saw now. You know you got to be careful now. Them folks at A M T and, and Hampton will get you now. They'll, you know those oh, those don't yeah, be that. nothing now. They do they'll get you on that one now.
1: <laughs> Amy is so confused. <laughs> Hi, mom.
3: <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. like, is yeah. is with Alec? Alec
0: The SWAC with uh, The is the Southwestern Athletic Conference. It's where like ah, black schools okay. from Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and
3: Texas. So, so now I have a question for y'all. Here you okay. go. Let's go. Okay, genres in music. Now I'm in hip hop. So mm-hmm. if if I, it, so I say this so. I would say hip hop, but now we're gonna go all genres of music, right? We're going to just any kind of music. Okay. And if you had, if you were like, only can take two artists with you, Ooh. only two, like, and you, you could, that and that was it. Like, this mm-hmm. is you know, you were gonna go on one of those Elon Musk trips to Mars, where it took seven months to get there, and you were gonna be on Mars, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you can only take two, though. That you can have their whole, but you, that was it. You can have their still, that's their catalog. What two hmm. and it's any any example, from jazz, gospel, uh, hip hop, R and B, country, new, uh, rock. old,
1: whatever. Okay. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. you only get two. Mm-hmm. You, 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 get, you get that artist that okay. the catalog. So yeah, but you only get two artists. What two artists? Wait. are going for you tomorrow?
1: Alive or dead?
3: Doesn't matter. Yeah, it could be. Can alive they be alive dead alive, people? Yeah. But, well, well, you we know technically as an artist, when you have music, you never die. Music, That's music, right. In, you're just in music, taking their yeah, music. Yeah. yeah okay. Their, mm-hmm. Yeah, their music, their music. They, they live forever to their music. So it's, yeah, so those two artists. You go into Mars, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You only get mm-hmm. two catalogs. What two artists are you taking? Mm. Who wants to go first?
1: Amy. Me? Okay. <laughs> well, I actually, like, I totally know, and it's, like, the weirdest combination of people, but it's Bill Weathers and Juanis. <laughs> wow. That's a, okay. That's a wild I did not know you were. I did not know you weird. were a big Bill Weathers fan. Every Sunday.
0: Wow! Oh, man. I can't believe I didn't know, about, know this about yes. you. Um yes. I mean, I. This is a really hard question. I gotta say, it's like
2: yeah, my it's idea
0: of this has got to be like my idea of my personal hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely, one of them is Stevie Wonder, um, mm, okay. and the other. Is between Earthwood and Fire and Beyonce.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> I would probably go with Beyonce because Earthwood and Fire was a contemporary of Stevie Wonder's best work, and Beyonce's not done, so that would mean I could get new music. Because you said the whole
3: yeah. catalog. That's true. So That's yeah, my, mine is mine. Mine would have been for the two genres. Mm. Um, definitely gotta take Aretha the mm, reason yeah. gonna give me a lot on r&b gospel mm-hmm. everything from a reason no doubt about mm-hmm. it um and then i gotta take some some hip-hop so I, now for me I, I would be fine with tribe called quest oh um,
2: yeah but, actually yeah but
3: but but it would be because uh, they would be a lot but jay-z would be on the list too probably jay-z maybe mm. jay-z yeah because of just because i think if i'm going to mars I'm gonna need something to get me through going to Mars. So that's, <laughs> true. that's true. right. So I, I would that be that. Com, I would be that combination in that process. Yeah.
1: Plus, you'd have to deal with Elon Musk the whole way. So
3: I know I, I had <laughs> to definitely tune. Definitely
1: gotta,
3: 100% got to tune him out. 100% love you, right. Elon, but you got you got to get it right. Speaking of that, yeah. we can say this too: we keep it 100. We we about yeah. energy justice. We talk about climate that's justice. Right. We're about energy justice. Our job is not just to transition. Uh, from fossil fuels yes. to to clean energy, we want equity also in in the clean energy sector as well. I, I had a chance That's to go right. through uh, Tesla and one uh, mm-hmm. and a little a couple of years back, and it was yeah. all white folks who was working there. So I'm like, hold on. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to. I'm not out here getting beat in the street, so that mm-hmm. y'all could be up in here working. No, we we need to have some of that like community solar and and That's clean right. energy within for black brown. And I believe yeah. that truthfully, that can actually help us. Uh, through energy justice. So yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah nah, I know.
1: I'm very worried about um lithium colonialism just like mm-hmm. being nah, the, next, that's the next wave. Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah.
3: And, and and the whole thing with uh the whole thing with energy poverty. Because mm-hmm. we see that some people are right there, um, yeah. next to um well they were right next to fossil fuels, but now they're right next to clean energy and they're not that's benefiting right. as well. Or they're digging up the minerals and and particularly, in, you right. know. Obviously, on the continent and across the yeah. world. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. But this means that
3: this means that we have to have more hot takes and the coolest show conversation. I
1: like I'm it. We do. I like yeah, it. let's I'm, do it again. It. Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm definitely with it.
1: Yeah. Thank y'all
3: so much, Mary. Amy, thank my you. my new, my new cousins in the podcast world. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah. We'll see yeah. you online you. trolling. I'm. Just oh yeah. <laughs> I'm looking
3: forward to it.
0: We'll be doing that all day. this on April Fool's but no joke the American
1: Petroleum Institute has a climate plan. They do. They do and they had the fucking chutzpah, cojones, whatever you want to say. <laughs> Audacity. Audacity. Nerve. To, to actually goal. be like ahead of the 26th conference of the parties that's the, that's the official term for the COPS which are these like uh, big international climate meetings every year. Um. Mm-hmm. API shares its analysis initiatives and policy solutions to build on the progress the U.S. has made in driving emissions to generational lows. What, I mean, just, mm-hmm. like, there are so many crocs of shit just in the first half of that sentence that, like, it is, but, uh, I mean, amazing.
0: <laughs> I want to focus on the generational lows, okay? Because yeah. we all know that, like, the vast majority of of CO2 emissions have happened in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 40 yet. Mm-hmm. How long is a generation in yeah. 25 years, 25 is years, whatever they're fucking high. Yeah. These are no generational lows. <laughs> we are at generational highs. You know,
1: the reason that they say that is because, uh, we have reduced CO2 emissions from coal, which the API takes credit for because of its push, for natural gas, which is the main thing that has reduced coal carbon emissions. However, there's like there's a lot of neat little tricks going on here. One of which is that they focus on carbon emissions because what they're pushing right now has mostly methane emissions <laughs> attached to it. So, but methane is like way more potent, methane right? It's also a greenhouse gas. It's many times more potent and the the research that keeps coming out is like, oh, whoops, actually, there's even more methane emissions. Or, oh, whoops, actually, methane's worse than we thought. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. So, actually, can you yeah. break that down real quick? Because we do have a lot of listeners who are not, like, hardcore climate folks yeah. and may not know this stuff.
1: Yes. So the primary emissions from Natural gas. There are there are some CO two emissions from natural gas, but the primary emissions from natural gas are methane emissions, and methane emissions are many times more intense than CO two emissions. So it's a greenhouse gas. With a 100-year global warming potential, 25 times that of CO2. So that means that over... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So measured over a 20-year period, methane is 84 times more potent as a greenhouse gas than CO2.
0: So, hang so, on. yeah. So when... So... <laughs> <laughs> the API's big thing now is that you know what, guys? Maybe we can have a price on carbon, uh-huh. like carbon pricing is their new like thing that they're embracing. One, I know that you're gonna explain why you know that's
1: kind of bullshit. Yeah.
0: But also, if they're if their thing is now we want to price carbon, that's not a price on methane. Correct,
1: correct. It will do absolutely so will still nothing allow them- about methane emissions. And also, I mean, this is a thing you're seeing from oil companies too. Like, I don't know if you've seen BP. Um, is is like kind of low key trying to rebrand natural gas low carbon gas, and you're seeing. You know, I've seen that. Yeah, show. and you're seeing that in APIs wording here too. It's like we're gonna we're pushing for a low carbon future. Well, when you know your your big problem emission is methane, it makes sense to focus on carbon, right? Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, and then yeah, as far as carbon yeah. pricing goes, the the vast majority of experts have said that if you're going to price carbon emissions in a way that will actually sort of use these market levers to drive down emissions, that's the idea. Is like if we make it expensive to emit CO2, then people will not emit as much CO2. And by people, I mean not just consumers, but companies, manufacturers oil refineries, things like that. You know, the idea is that, that all of these things that like economists call externalities, which are sort of the costs of your product that are borne by the community that you're doing business in, would at least in part be something that companies have to shoulder to. So right now it's like we all pay for the impact of emissions and this would, would force companies to... Um, to pay a little bit, so sounds good, you know, is an idea that's been around for like thirty years. Um, and here's the thing: Exxon and the API and all these guys were doing studies on what the cost of uh, CO two would need to be to drive down emissions, like twenty years ago. And the cost that they're proposing now is less than the cost that they were that they realized would would be necessary, like in the nineties. So it's, it's like, you know, most folks uh, say it would have to be over $100 per ton of, um, of carbon emitted to start to really, you know, drive down emissions if you're going to sort of use market forces to do that. And what the API and Exxon and all these other folks have suggested is starting at $50 and maybe gradually yeah. increasing that. And what they want in exchange, they're they're totally, I mean, it's, again, I'm just like, wow, these guys have really got some balls. Like, they're like, we'll let you put, we will let you put a price on carbon, but then you can't regulate us anymore.
0: That's always how they frame it, right? It's kind of like, okay, okay, okay. Like, we'll let you, do something about climate change right and it's like why is it all up to you and also their whole solution comes down to you know what we need to fix this problem of capitalism more capitalism more capitalism
1: exactly exactly i just i i to me also i'm just sort of like why are we why do we have to like create new market levers when we could just regulate this shit that's a market lever too (laughs) You know? Right. Or we could just like abolish y'all's bitch asses. Well, like, yeah, how about that? Exactly. That's the other thing is it's like, again, I mean, you read through this quote unquote climate plan and really it's a plan to extend the life of fossil fuels. It's like yeah. carbon capture, advanced hydrogen technology, which they mean what they mean by that is um, hydrogen that is basically coming from. Uh, capturing emissions at natural gas plants. So it's a way to keep natural gas in the mix. Um, Right. And, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, um, you know, advanced, um, advanced fuels, which they mean like new versions of natural gas. I mean, it's all. Oh, my God. It's just kind of all like these. You know, quote unquote, innovative technologies that enable, um, yeah, th- their industry to to exist for longer. Which, of course, it is. That's what they do. They're the trade industry group for the oil and gas industry. That's fine. Yeah. I expect them to do that. The problem is when policymakers give these guys a fucking seat at the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? It's yeah. yeah. Um. So, if you had to give their climate plan a grade, what would you give it?
1: F (laughs) minus. And F
0: (laughs) minus stands for fuck (laughs) them. Oh, God. I mean, seriously, like, this is why I troll them so hard. It's just, like, they fucking ask for it. Mm -hmm. They're just, like, you know. Yeah.
1: They're just, like, they dare you to do it all the time. I mean, like, they, have a whole, if if they, yes, they have a whole section in here where it's, like, their big suggestion is to, like, let them manage greenhouse gas reporting. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, in what universe would that be a good idea? They're always concern
0: trolling, too. Like, yes. that's the thing that really, like, makes them so punchable, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're always just, like... No, we're concerned about climate change too, and that's why we want more natural gas. You're like, "Wait, the first yes. part of that sentence does not agree with the second part of that sentence." And it also like it feels like where all of their innovation goes is into spin. Yes. Like when it comes to spinning, they are so fucking innovative. They really but when are. it comes to like actual like oil and gas and like climate solution, there's no innovation there. It's just like, okay, so let's keep doing the same thing, but call it something different. Yeah. And they're
1: really fucking good at that. Mm-hmm. Yep. They really, really, really are. Yeah, they are. They're kind of like the masters of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, this whole, this this story that they're trying to tell about climate is the same story that they've been sort of telling for a 100 years, which is like, you should trust us. We're on it. You know, just let us solve this problem. It's fine. We're the adults in the room. We're the adults in the room. You know, you don't want to lose the American way of life. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Didn't
0: you talk about that in like the first season of Drilled, how they like went through this whole thing of like trying to make um, environmentalists seem like really young and kind of unhinged. Yes,
1: they did that. Um, that was API, right? That was API, yeah. I talked about that in, in season one and season three because API was like one of the original uh, trade organizations. They were one of the first. It was like the National Association of Manufacturers and the API, both of which you know went on to become massive purveyors of climate denial. Um of course. And yeah, it, it's like, ugh, I don't know. I just, it's... That's their greatest innovation. It really is. Yeah. Their greatest innovation is like the disinformation machine, which has impacted, mm-hmm. you know, not just the conversation about climate, but sort of American politics and news and like how we get information across the board. It's a mm-hmm. big, it's, you know, it's a big, big problem. Um, yep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Big thanks to Rev Yearwood for having us on The Coolest Show and for talking to us and taking the time. That was great.
0: Yeah. You should make sure that you are subscribed to their podcast, The Coolest Show on all your podcast platforms. And also make sure that you're following Rev Yearwood on Twitter. He is at Rev Yearwood. Sounds exactly like
1: how it's spelled. Yep. Yep. He's a good follow too. I like his I like his tweets. He's good, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mary Hegler and Amy is at Amy Westervelt, and the podcast
1: is at Real Hot Tate. That's right. We're also good follows, okay, Mary, yeah, we try, we try, we try, yeah. <laughs>